Good morning. Happy Friday. It is Friday. Oh my God. It's Friday. Friday. It's been a very hot week, y'all. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. Harry's floating around the ether somewhere. Good morning. I hope everybody's good. I, I know it's hot. <laughs> and and the non-existing rain that didn't come yesterday didn't help. But it did cool things down a tad bit in the evening. I had friends over yesterday evening. It was fun. It was nice. Folks sitting on the porch, kicking back. Kids walk by, talking about me, talking about, that's the fancy lady on the porch. She always be popping bottles. <laughs> and she speaks to us. She's, she's nice. <laughs> Thank you, kids walking by, walking their little dogs and their friends and saying nice stuff about me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, all is well. So uh, yeah, that's the story of the, that's the life of the porch, actually. That's the life of the porch. That is the life of the porch that, uh, you know, uh, it has its own life and I appreciate that. So uh, it's Friday. I'm glad it's Friday. Uh, it's been a, it's been a long week and a hot week. And now we're in for, you know, a hot weekend. So let's see how, how it's going to go. Let's see. I don't know what I have planned. I think I'm going to drive up to um, Coventry to see um, uh, Frank Mitchell's uh, exhibition on uh, indigenous black folks. I think it's called Free Man's. Um, so I'm going to, I think we're going to drive up and see that tomorrow. And, you know, Coventry is you know, up Tallinn County. So um, we're going to do that. And uh, and then beyond that, I don't know, I'll probably hang out on the porch. Hang out on the porch and, uh, you know, drink wine or whatever. We'll see. We'll see what we get into. Sunday is Andrew's birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew, wherever you are. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not spending my birth. I'm not spending his birthday with him. I'm gonna see him at a later date, and uh, see how that goes. I'm just listening. I feel like I'm sorry. There was silence. I, it's, oh, okay. I guess my daughter is here. Brianna, are you here? Are you sick? Oh. You had the day off? Oh, okay. All right. I thought I heard something in the house. That's why I'm on air. So I was like, what is that noise? <laughs> I thought I was going to have to run out of here. Like, uh-oh, I'm going to have to bounce. So uh, let's see. What else was I talking about? Um, so I don't really, ha I don't have a game plan for today. Uh, I just got a, a few errands to run today. And then this evening, just chill, you know, just be cool. I may take myself to the movies because I want to go see. Uh, I want to see uh, Mrs. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. <laughs> I I love these kind of quirky films. I might just wait till Tuesday because if I go Tuesday, um, at 
the Criterion, it's seven dollars all day Tuesday, and the popcorn is five dollars. So it's five dollar popcorn, a seven dollar ticket. I I could go to the movies for under fifteen dollars, which is unheard of. <laughs> so I'm thinking I might, I'm thinking I might do that. We'll see, or I'll go today. Um, to see uh, Mrs. Paris goes to Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Uh, I want to see it because you know I love it's got designer couture stuff in it, and you know it's got a few black people in it, but it's a white white lead. Um, I don't care. I'm gonna go see it. I might go see it. That might be what I do today. Uh, and that's about it. I don't really I don't really have any concrete uh, plans. Like I'm not running to a show. I'm not going to a concert. I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing any of that stuff. So, so that for me, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty good. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll tell you what my 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 day will be like. I tell you what I did see this morning. I saw uh, Karen Walton's uh, ad campaign ad, and uh, no matter what street you live on. <laughs> New Haven is for you. <laughs> paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing, but I loved it. It was just charming, you know. Um, so yeah, I saw it this morning during like Good Morning America. I had saw Eric Russell's yesterday. And uh I think the other lady, I think I saw hers. She's been running hers for quite some time. The one where she's, you know, repping abortion you know, standing up for abortion, uh, a woman's right to choose. So, uh, which I, I don't know what that has to do with her campaign, but I, I appreciate the PSA. I think as many voices as we can have on this thing is a good idea, but I don't, I don't know how it helps her campaign. I don't know, but, and I, and I vaguely hear her talk about her campaign. Uh, but the other two I get, the other two I get, you know, uh, I get it. So, but Karen Walton's is my favorite. So uh, I liked it. I just liked it. And she looked good and it's very, very uh, community oriented and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, it's, you know, uh, elections are in August next month. So I hope people are geared up. I know, I know, I know, I know. They they uh they start that oh these off elections people don't get excited and people don't I get it I know I know all the statistics I know <sighs> I know I don't I don't know how to change it except other than to tell people to get out there and vote and uh, get out there and vote so oh yeah I meant to say thank you Jackie Buster for the you know, Jackie Buster only drinks good tequila. You know, good tequila. Uh, good tequila. Not not eighteen hundred. I meant, I meant Jose Cuervo. Who I, I people bring me that. And. Uh, 
people bring me that and I'm always like, <laughs> so I, now I had to, I had to go back and fix that with, uh, with, uh, with people because I didn't want them to think it was, um, 1800 because, you know, it wasn't, I met Jose Cuervo. Anyway, um, that's life. <laughs> that's life. All right. Let me, let me, let me get on a topic. Let me pick a topic and get on it. Um, I, I hope our president gets well soon because I know uh, he has mild symptoms of COVID. He has COVID, but mild symptoms. So they say, <sighs> I just clicked on the name of independent and uh, Rachel Tennant is taking this, takes the stand. I don't, I don't know how this is going to go for him. You know. Uh, I, I don't I don't know how this is going to go for him. I, I think we are. I mean, we're watching this case is giving us what we see in domestic violence cases across this country. And it is a it's a it's a daunting thing to see. You know, I grew up in a household with a whole lot of violence. So. Uh, 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 yeah, so I'm just, I'm just, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know where this is going. And I appreciate the New Haven Independent covering it day by day, blow by blow. Because uh, this is, uh, this is something painful. As I said to y'all, he, he is a friend of mine. And, uh, whew. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, what this is going to do for him. I don't know what the jury will hear or see. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, he hasn't seen his kids in three years. And this is, this is a lot of, this is a lot. Oh, there's Jillian Knox, retired cop Jillian Knox who uh who is a friend of mine as well yeah okay so if you if you if you want to keep up with this trial uh go to the New Haven Independent Day they've been covering it every day this is day four but you can go back and get to day one and two and three and so I suspect they're going to be covering it every day while it's running uh because this I mean it, it is news so Nobody else is covering it because you know, you know, it's not it's not news. So I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to let you know I'm following along and uh, reading as much as I can. Like I, I'm not reading the whole I didn't read the whole article yet, but I, I will. Um, not I'm not gonna read it on the air, but I, I'll get to it. Um, this I mean I'm this 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 is this case. I'm sure there's a lot of cases in the police department that warrant some further looking in domestic violence area. You know, I'm not calling nobody out or nothing. I'm just saying there's a, there's a lot of uh, 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 cops need a lot of support and a lot of help in a lot of areas. And, uh, and leadership has to know that and understand that and look at that. They just have to, right? They just have to. Otherwise, we're going to see more of these kinds of cases with people 
have a whole lot of underlying issues uh, that they come to the job already with. That doesn't get uh, rooted out in in interviews and and vetting. That just is in people. Uh, and I think ongoing mental health support could help bring some of that to the surface and possibly save lives and careers and all the things. So I, I, I hope that, uh, that people would entertain that in, in the, on the force, make it, make it centered and, and normalize and begin normalizing mental health support because it's very, it's hard. And this, this, this case is uh, difficult and painful to watch and hear and know, you know, it's painful to know, painful to know. So anyway, I'm just going to move on from that. Happy birthday, Jasmine Godwin, my niece, my soror. Happy birthday. Today's her birthday. So uh, I want to wish her a happy birthday. And uh, let's see, there's an exhibit in West Hartford that is, I think, uh, coming up in August 6th called God is a Woman, a Black Woman's Art Exhibition. So if you don't mind taking the drive to West Hartford on Saturday, August 6th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful show. They got a nice, nice group of women. Um, it's uh, God is a Woman is a collective of nine Black female artists. And... Uh, they will display multidimensional aspects of being a black woman. So through this work, the artists will have will create a safe and empowering space to appreciate and celebrate the beauty of black women. I, the title alone is just engaging to me. God is a woman, and in their flyer, they have this beautiful black woman, you know, with with uh, hoop earrings and a smile and and shimmery things on. I mean, just, it's just a great photo. Um, so there'll be music and uh, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of artistic expression. The tickets are only $30. I mean, you spend more than that on happy hour and appetizers. So, <laughs> so it's August 6th. So I, I, I don't know if I, if I, I'll be able to go, we'll see. Uh, I'll see what I could do. I mean, it's going to be my it's going to be a challenge. So I stopped by the wine thief last night and I picked up two bottles of uh, 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 rosé um, because they normally have like a really good selection of rosés and they never I never lose with them. But I, I picked up a couple, two bottles and uh, and I really I really enjoy. Them. <laughs> uh, so uh, one is a uh, un litre rosé. Uh, a little French rosé, which is quite fresh and refreshing. So, yeah, it's the summer water is here to stay, here to stay, here to stay. I had a um, a ganache the other night, and it felt so heavy. It felt so heavy. You know, it's a red. It's a you know, it's a, a red. But it's you know, I, I I tend to like a garnache. I like a red wine just about any time. I don't really say a fall or winter or whatever. But I must say, after drinking rosé, 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 and then having the garnacha, woo, 
it was it was it was heavy i was like oh so just saying um so I, I that just tells me i need to keep i need to keep stock uh uh rosé so i don't ever have to dial back to a uh a ganache if i'm not a if it's not like fall just saying no hard feelings no hard feelings no hard feelings so i want to see what else is going on so they um they didn't have the farmers market on wednesday anywhere because the heat it was too hot to uh they just uh canceled it so i i suspect next wednesday the weather should be better and we could get back to uh kicking off the week with uh farmers markets i don't know about the rest of the week like because there's farmers market in edgewood there's farmer farmers market worcester square um Common Ground does a uh, a mobile food uh, 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 garden market, you know. So farmers market, they do a mobile one, and they set up one at Common Ground on Wednesdays as well. That one was canceled for Wednesday. So, um, but they are a wonderful way for you to get fresh vegetables and. Uh, uh it's a wonderful way to uh get fresh fresh locally grown produce if that's your thing or that's your jam or if you want to support that then um um check out uh elm city seed what is it uh city seed check out city seed they keep a running calendar of all the uh, farmers market, they coordinate those, um, and they let you know when they are uh, happening. So, if fresh, fresh produce is your jam, and it is my jam, uh, check them out so you could get, so you could see uh, what's happening. So, uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, thank you, thank you to all the people who are listening. I appreciate you. Thank you for sending me messages and. Shout now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love that. I get these little random messages and, and people watch from different things. Some people watch from Twitter. Some people watch from uh, Facebook. Some people watch from uh, YouTube. Listen, we are, we are doing the damn thing. So thanks. 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 Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, I'm, I'm still reading 400 souls. I'm more than halfway finished. It is such a good book. I'm telling you, if, if, if I was a superintendent of schools and had something to do with curriculum, this book would be required reading for high school students in the ninth grade. And, and I would build a whole curriculum around this, this book so that whatever the, whatever the chapter is, we would expand on that chapter. I, and it would take forever, but I don't care because I, I love it. 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 So um, it's been such an eye-opening read. Um, it has been such, uh, such an eye-opening read, and uh, I, 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 it's just I can't put it down. And I'm just trying to get through it. So I think I got another week or so, and it'll be done. And then I'll move on to my next, my next read off my pile. 
I, I think what I have to do is stagger fiction, nonfiction, which is what I normally do. But I got to go and look at my pile and make sure that I do that. Otherwise, I'll be back to back to back to back to back fiction. So speaking of buying and selling of books, Possible Futures is going to be opening soon enough. And I cannot wait. And uh, I love the windows on this new space. So uh, Lauren Anderson is opening a new a new haunt for all of us to come and buy books and other things um, in the Dwight neighborhood. Uh, and I'm just so delighted uh, uh, to be able to do that. I, I miss having a, 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 a bona fide bookstore to go hang out in, you know. Uh, you know, I, I mean, sure, we, go, we all go to the big box stores. We, we, we will, we always will. But, you know, I, I, I tend to like to spend my time uh, in, in local haunts. So, so I can't wait. And yes, I still buy books from banned books, although I'm still on hiatus. My, my, my moratorium on buying books ends on Andrew's birthday Sunday. So I, we'll see, but I really don't need to buy any more books. Swear to God, I have way more books than anybody should have. And they are all over the place in my, in my house. So so I, I got to tell you, so I got to tell my sister this. So, so I think what I'm going to do is turn my, my whole apartment into one large giant dressing room. I think, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's what I have to do. Uh, my brother is going to come and pick up the section. I'm going to get that out of here. And a couple of other things are going to get out of here so I can have more room um, so that I can spread out. Cause I need to be able to see my things. And uh, 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 so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, um, just move, move things out the way and, uh, uh, move the rack so that all my clothes can be displayed and out so I can see them. So when I run into the fall, uh, I'm not digging, looking for my things. So the whole apartment will become my dressing room. That's, I mean, that was always the goal, you know, before, you know, uh, interruptions and, and, you know, things happen, you know, so, the pandemic happened. We had to isolate in place for damn near two years, you know, um, just trying to figure out how to, how to move forward. So, so yeah. So, so that's the game plan uh, right now. And I, I kind of like that idea. It's, I'm damn near there now. So now I just need to move the sectional. I've got two great chairs, uh, occasional chairs that I really love. They're very floral and green and blue and pink and all the you know it's a floral it's a bold floral pattern um so they they can be centered uh, i have a tv stand i'm gonna get rid of because i don't need it and i don't never gonna put a tv on that thing again um and i have a uh a, a, a chest of drawers that i got from sarah when she moved to new york which i love and dead plants are sitting on it now so I need to clear that off and then center that a little bit and then put stuff in it. I think that will be become my stationary drawer. I have so much stationary and I don't know where it's in like boxes. So I need to pull that stuff out. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So this is the summer of reclaiming space and creating more space. And, you know, I've got to hang some curtains. That is my next thing. And I'm looking for a particular uh, uh, curtain rod hanger thing. So I'm going to go 
find those. I might have to order them. I know what they are. I was just hoping I could see them in the store, but I haven't been able to find them. So I just have to have them order. And no, not from Amazon. I know you Amazon devotees out there. Uh, I try to not, I, I, I rarely buy stuff from Amazon, rarely. Like in the last several years, I've not bought anything. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So anyway, I've been to Ikea. I bought curtains. I need more curtains because I'm, I love shears. I love the look. Of, and these windows are very tall. So I love shears. So, but I like double, double shears, right? Like, you know, to, to, to double hang shears. I like, I like that aesthetic, you know? So, so I think I need more curtains. The good thing is the curtains that I buy at Ikea, are like $4 for almost $5. And they're just, you know, wispy little fairy curtains, you know, wispy, plain, nothing, you know, they're not, they're not expensive, but I like the aesthetic of them. They're clean, fresh looking shears. So you'll get all that good light, but you won't like be on display. So I like that. So, so yeah, so that's, that's another Ikea run <sighs> sometime, sometime today or this weekend. I have time, so. Uh, I, I'm back on the independent page. I'm looking at the Westville Gateway Greenlighted. So now the inner city offices in the building behind the building that they're showing. So I wonder, I would imagine that all of this is going to go. I would imagine. I would imagine all this, all of that space is going to go. That janky parking lot that's like a cliff. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if they if they get to build around that or does that become part of the scheme? I didn't read the article yet. Not fully. Uh, I just, I was just looking at the drawings and I'm like, that looks expansive. So that means, I don't know what that means. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, when I get to, to the inner city office, like next week, I'm going to have to, Hey, John, what do you think this means? <laughs> You know, what, what does this mean? You know, what does this mean for the, where we go, what we do or how we land? I don't know. And, and if he says, well, we got to look for a new home and I dare say he'll find one, but we, we've been in that space. Oh God. Ever since we left Eld street and I wasn't a part of the leaving of Eld street, E L D. I was a part of that. Uh, I was, I had already gone on to other, other work stuff. I think I was in New York at that time. I think I was in New York because I, I didn't come back to the inner city. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? I've got to go pull up old resumes because that'll tell me the dates, the time frame in which, uh, it'll tell me the time frame. I don't really know um, what it, what it, what the time frame was. But I know it was a long time ago. So um, I, I know it was a long time ago. I know the, the, they've been at Fitch, 55th Street for at least 25 years. Easy 25 years, I would imagine. Because the paper is 30, 30 years old. So I would say 25 years. So at least that long. So anyway, 
Uh, I'm excited about the Arts and Ideas Festival doing some stuff in the in the late August into the fall. I think that I think that makes our city vibrant when we have stuff going on on top of whatever all the theater stuff and um, the Yale offerings, you know, all that stuff on top of all that. I, I love that people have uh, all this choice. And and listen, people people are bringing back their their uh, galas and stuff, even though, you know, the pandemic is very much with us and present. I guess people are like, listen, we can't go back to virtual galas. We just can't go back to virtual. Th- I mean, we just can't do it. A, a, a conference, yes. I, I don't mind a virtual conference or a talk or a webinar, some old kind of thing. Um, but um, because I know who, who's got uh, the Arts and Ideas Gala is coming up. The Arts Council, our, our awards are coming up. Um, uh, there's a bunch of things coming up. Uh, the Lit Fest is coming up in the fall. Um, so it's going to be an on and popping fall. So uh, I, I think the fall is going to be equally as exciting as this summer has been with all the activities and concerts and, and wherewithal. I tell you what I would like to go to is the party uh, part P-A-R-D-E-E house in out there on the East shore. They do these twilight concerts, these concerts, I think on Thursday evenings and they're free and they're always, you know, music and I mean, it's just, you know, all kinds of music. Most jazz, I think, mostly jazz, but music. And, uh, you know, you bring a chair, they open the party house, and uh, you could, you know, bring a picnic and just enjoy being out there on the East Shore. Uh, I I have not done that uh, in my town. So I'm going to make a point of trying to get to that before it ends. Um, And I'm sure it comes to an end at some point. I want to make sure I... I, uh, I catch it and I'm trying, I'm looking at my schedule for next week now. So my next Thursday looks pretty doggone clear. So, and I got my chair in my back, my car, my back's back. So I'm like, all right, we, we going to do this thing. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, you know, I might, I might have to check that out. Um, conf- Compassion Fest is uh, Fest is this weekend at the Whitneyville Cultural Commons, twelve fifty three Whitney Avenue. If you, I've gone in years past. Uh, it has grown bigger and bigger and bigger. So I may I may run through there tomorrow morning, only because I just want to go there early enough, so I don't have to deal with crowds and trying to figure out parking. <laughs> So I might do that tomorrow morning on my way to uh, Coventry. You know, we might, I might run through there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Compassion Fest is three days or, I mean, uh, two, uh, Saturday and Sunday, or if it's just one day, you know, whatever the deal is. Uh, but it's always a, it's all, you know, listen, it's a good event. Now, it's a it's a it's a vegan event, and um, it's got you know very strong moral undertones, you know, for, for people who just can't abide killing animals 
for any reason, not for food, not for sport, not for clothing, not for any of those kinds of things. Um, and then there are those of us where it's it's not a, a moral imperative, but uh, um, just a way that we want to introduce more plant-based things into our lives. So, um, so they have a huge array of vegan products. I mean, all kinds of stuff, like everything unimaginable, everything imaginable that they have. Always good food, always the latest in, in how to make stuff and cookies and all the things. So if, you, if you've never gone, this might be a good weekend to go and just take a walk around and try the things and talk to the people and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice thing. So give it a shot, I say. Uh, so I'm going to try to run through there this weekend. That's what I'm going to try to do. And uh, that's my weekend. I mean, I I try to go where the wind takes me. You know, if I don't have any structured commitments or planned things, I try to go where the day takes me. So, and I've got Saturday and Sunday to go where the day takes me, <laughs> and then wind up on the wind up on the porch. Last 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 Sunday we were at the New Britain Museum of American Art with Dr. Brittany Yancey and uh and you can go back and listen to the conversation I had with her on I don't know Thursday I had a conversation with her Wednesday Thursday um and it was a good conversation no Tuesday I think I had a conversation with her on Tuesday it was Tuesday um but if you if you have chance go to the New Britain Museum of 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 American Art the exhibit 30 Americans is up and it is beautiful and breathtaking and stunning and the space the new britain museum is a great space it's very user-friendly parking friendly i mean we parked right out in front of the daggone museum and just walked up the steps it was great um so yeah uh and i dare say i'll i will go see the exhibit again I will be back there to see it a second time. A second time, it is so worth seeing a second time. Um, so yeah, so if you if you have mind, do that. Um, Frank Mitchell has an exhibit. Uh, I could tell you exactly what it is uh, because I I uh, Mike Moran pulled it up. So it's at the Cornwall Historical Society in Cornwall, Connecticut. And if you don't know where that is, it's about an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, but he has this wonderful exhibit called, uh, let me see what it's called. I could tell you what it's called. Finding Freemans, a wisdom for contemporary Cornwall from its 19th century black and indigenous neighbors. And it runs from um, June 25th through October 15th. So you've got a lot of time. So pick a weekend or and take a little country drive through Connecticut 
and go see this exhibit. I, I'm I'm excited to go see it and learn something about um, Black and Indigenous people here in Connecticut and and specifically in Cornwall. So uh, so we got to take that drive up and take a look see at this exhibit and uh, and God knows what we'll find on the way there and on the way back. And maybe we'll find some interesting place to have lunch, you know, or, or something. So we'll see. We'll go where the day takes us. So um, that's what we're going to do tomorrow. And I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I'll come back and tell you all the stuff. <laughs> I'll come back and tell you, Ooh, child, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but yeah, so we're going to go see it and uh, I'll, I'll post it up on my, my social media you'll see it you'll have opportunity to sort of see it <coughs> excuse me uh let's see what else is going on in the world uh, that we should know and talk about high five to uh the omega the brothers of omega sci-fi that have taken over charlotte north carolina for their uh their convention and I know that city is purple and gold, dripping purple and gold. And I'm sure there is stomping going on all up and down those Charlotte streets as we speak. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> so if you, uh, if, if you want to bypass Charlotte, this weekend, I would advise you to do so. If you live in Charlotte, I would advise you to take the back roads. <laughs> and uh, uh, they're going to be down there. Um, let's see. What else is going on? Uh, because uh, It'd be nice to be outside to hear some music this weekend, to tell you the truth, if the weather is permitting. Um, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm trying to stay away from politics because the, these people are on my nerves. I will say this. The time that they are spending on not looking for these damned missing texts says to me that those missing texts were inflammatory and dangerous. And, you know, the way that they, the, the way that these, these Republicans went on a, a 8,000 year uh, hunt for, um, Hillary Clinton's emails and and their current pursuit of Biden's laptop. <laughs> but but they're only able to find one text. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, you know, we got a saying in in our in the black community. I, I ain't bubble the fool. <laughs> I just, I'm just not. I, you know, 
and then I, you know, I was watching the outtakes of uh, um, then Trump, then President Trump, the the hour that it took for him to record this speech that he didn't want to do, a three minute speech. It took him an hour to get right to get to, to his satisfaction. A three minute speech. You know, if 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 that clown is reelected to this office, America deserves it. I swear to God, we can't we cannot endure four more years of that level of crazy. Just it's just just crazy. The stupidity of everything out of that Trump White House. It's just I mean, in history is just not going to be kind. It's just it's just not going to be kind. And it, and and is and is and all those enablers, all of them, just <sighs> I don't I just don't know. I just I just don't know. I just I don't I don't know what to make of this. I will say this: those hearings were riveting, and the fact that they got higher ratings. Than the than the championship, than the NBA championship, because you know how this country loves sports, and NBA in particular, second to the NFL. The fact that the hearings got such high ratings for television, for for watching, for viewership, says that the majority of people were very interested in this in in this hearing. And and what actually went down with this insurrection and who the players were and who were the shot callers, right? Whoever was shot calling. Now, I I and you know that Trump was the biggest shot caller. You know, he, he was good at that dog whistling. I mean, he perfected it to an art form. You know, not it's it's beyond the power of suggestion. This is an outright go do what I tell you to do. And people did. And, you know, people could say whatever they want about, oh, you know, I, I can make up my own mind or whatever, whatever. Clearly, clearly that is not what was happening here. People weren't making up their, they were making up their own minds to go be an, an insurrectionist, right? They were making up their mind to, to like go march on the Capitol. And see, this is this is the stuff that galls me. That these white folks could, could go do all this stuff. You know, when when the March on Washington, the first March on Washington happened with Dr. Martin Luther King speaking, and those thousands and thousands and thousands of black people on that mall. And when they left the mall, they left them all clean. Left them all clean. Clean 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 i say not a speaker's not a same thing with the million man march when the million when um farrakhan hosted the million man march left left the left them all clean these insurrectionists they came and did so much damage lives were lost of course you have to get to the heart of that of course you have to find out where did this begin how did this get started? Who incited this? You have to get to that. Otherwise, you open the door 
to more of the same. And you cannot have more of the same. I mean, I, I believe at some point, America will have to reckon itself again. It will have to reckon with itself and its past again, because we do not learn from the past. This, 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 this is, this is the, the problem with, this is the problem with, with free and, and an open democracy that you, you may or may not learn from the past. You know that freedoms are important, but there's so many forces out there in this country trying to usurp your freedoms on so many levels. You know, it is, it is daunting and, and troublesome. And people have to be willing to fight back. And I don't mean, um, I do not mean pick up a gun. I do not mean throw a, a, throw a noose over a tree and intimidate people. I don't mean any, any realm of terrorism, none. None. You have to use the tools at your disposal. We have to fight these fights on the ground by marching and raising awareness. We have to fight back in the courts by empowering lawyers who are about civil rights. I mean, those are the things, those are the tools we have to use. We have to build our communities so that everybody has a voice and everybody is heard, you know, and not just the crazy people who are you know, anti-everything and pro-nothing. <laughs> Just saying. Somebody said something the other day that I thought was profound. I, I'm gonna go look it up because I know the PSA is gonna, PSA and the call letter is gonna kick in in a few minutes. Um, but I read something the other day that I, that, that just um, was exciting to me. Uh, and changed my mind about how to think about these times. And uh, I wish I could remember where the hell I saw it. I might have saved it. So when the PSA comes on, I'm gonna go look for it. Cause I just thought it was, I might've saved it somewhere. I just thought it was quite profound. And uh, you know, uh, it was really, really good. And it's a, it's a way to think about, you know, everybody, I think everybody's exhausted and tired, but when you look back at history at any point in history, as you look back, there was always something going on. So people were always exhausted and tired, but you fight on because that's just what it is. It's always some new, some new cause or injustice or the same old injustices showing up in modern times and uh you've got to be ready and you've got to stay ready and uh and a couple of things can be true i can want a soft life and be an activist and you know care about uh issues of the day you know soft life being 
I'm, I'm in control of everything that I want to see happen in my life, that I can say yes or no to things that I feel like saying yes or no to, that I can show up to things that I have of interest to me, not because I'm supposed to, but because if I want to. That's what I'm talking about, a soft life. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. For all of us. Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.
Welcome back to Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. It is Friday. Oh, you know, I'm trying to live a life where every day is Friday. <laughs> I'm trying to live a life that every day is a vacation. I'm trying to live a life where I get to do all the things that I want to do. I'm damn near pretty close. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what that would mean to be any closer to it. But the, I think the only thing lacking is a huge pot of money. <laughs> like 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 a winning lottery ticket would 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 really just bring all these pieces together and I would be living my dream. I'm living my dream with no money. So that, so the, that's the point that I'm making. Right now I'm living my dream without any money. But if I had money and I'm paid well, don't get me wrong. I'm paid. But I need, if I could have some real money, big money, I, I, I would say to add to this dream that I'm living, because I am living my dream. I am. I absolutely am. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how much more of a dream I could have except money, more money. That's it. That really is it. Money. I, I already like my neighborhood. I like my friends. I like my city. I, I like what I do. I mean, I have a two-hour platform every day to riff on anything that I want. I get to talk to some of the most interesting people everywhere, right? People who are everywhere. I, I mean, I, I just couldn't, it just does not get better. And I've worked a lot of jobs in this town and in this country. I've done a lot of things. So uh, that's the place that I'm in. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I can't complain. I cannot complain. I won't complain. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't. So happy Friday, y'all. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I tell you, Mike Twitty is out there with this group of people riding these bikes. He's doing a damn good job riding these bikes. I don't know if I'll ever be able to roll with them like that. I don't know. If I get my bike fixed, let's see. I, I, I won't know. You know what I have to do? I have to just get my bike fixed and ride around my neighborhood a few times to see what I like and what I can do and what I can't do. You know, that's 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 where I'm at. I've considered that. So, um, yeah. So they they went for a ride, and uh, they went for a ride, and. Uh, went to uh they went to silver sands they went to milford they rode from new haven to milford woodmont to silver sands and back they met up at ikea yesterday evening at 6 45 and then just slow slow roll so mike mike tweet says it's not it's not a speed race but it isn't a sunday stroll either <laughs> so i kind of like that i kind of like that a lot so um I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to be doing that. Uh, but Ife and Markeisha are bike riders and Lauren are bike riders. And um, during the pandemic, that's what they did. They rode their bike, they rode their bike, they rode their bike. And, uh, uh, and I just like cheered them on. <laughs> I, because, you know, I spent the last two years recovering from back-to-back -back hip surgery. So there was no bike riding for me at all. I could barely walk. So, so that was the, uh, that was the commitment and, uh, 
And that was the best that I could do. So, so cheering them on was all that I could do. So uh, that's what it was. And that's what it shall be. So, yeah, no, I'm not riding a bike. Um, other than that, that's the best that we could do. And uh, somebody is knocking at my door. And I told these people, I cannot come to the door while I'm on air. I just can't do it. So they're just going to have to wait until I get off air. They have to wait a half hour because I'm on the radio. (laughs) I can't reach back over the door. (laughs) That's just too bad. So uh, (sighs) that's the way of the world. I will tell you, I'm looking forward to going to Martha's Vineyard. So we're going to Martha's Vineyard uh, for the jazz concert. And we're going to be volunteers at the jazz concert um, for uh, Tony Williams, who is coordinating the jazz concert um, to raise scholarship money uh, for students for a particular organization. And uh, and I'm delighted because this year's um, talent is Samara Joy and Will Downing. Now, if you follow me on Facebook, you know I'm a huge Samara Joy fan. She's 21 years old, and she she is the international winner of the uh, Sarah Vaughn competition. Uh, And we saw her at Birdland um, a few months ago, and she was just extraordinary. And uh, she's going to be at uh, the Litchfield Jazz Festival. I want to say it's this weekend. Uh, uh, but we're not going to go there, but we're going to see her. We're going to be on Martha's Vineyard. We're going to see her there. And I'm going to interview her um, and, and, or have a conversation. I don't really say I interview people. I just have a conversation with people about what they do. And, uh, and so I'm excited and delighted to sort of um, have this conversation with her. Uh, I won't be having a conversation with Will Downing, um, but I'm going to be having a conversation with Samara Joy. And I'm excited by that. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> uh, and that is sometime in August, I believe the 11, 12, it's like a weekend thing. So, um, uh, so, so I get to see her and I just think she is probably the premier, uh, artist, one of the most premier jazz artists of our time. She's just stunning. And her voice is just it's just otherworldly. So I'm such a huge fan of hers, such a huge fan. So I'm looking forward to her. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to her performance. I'm looking forward to talking with her. Uh, and I'm looking forward to being on Martha's Vineyard uh, uh, because that's, you know, my favorite place, you know, and I don't, I don't care if it's not other people's favorite place. It's my favorite place. I just love it there. Um I'm a girl for a coastal community, let me tell you. Um, and to just be on the island, to walk the island, to just see the people, to just do all the things. Uh, and I'm going back at the end of August for a vacation. Uh, well, not really vacation. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call it a vacation because I think I'm gonna work from Martha's Vineyard, I think. I think that's the plan, is to work from Martha's Vineyard, it's fine. I don't mind, get up in the morning, do this show for Martha's Vineyard is another dream come true. And, and maybe I could drag some of the locals on uh, uh, to sit with me and, and to chat. <laughs> we, 
we shall see. We shall see. So anyway, look forward to that, uh, boys and girls. I'm going to bring that to you uh, sometime in August. But right now we're still in hot ass July and it is a heat wave. We are still under a heat advisory, Lord Black. But you know what? Listen, Lord Black Jesus is not England. Those people in England are about to die. I think those people in England feel like they are dead in the middle of Africa right now. <laughs> it is it is hot in England. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, just came back and uh, yeah, it's hot. It's I think this is the hottest it's ever been on record for England. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I do know this. If we don't get right with this, this, this global changing of climate. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think we've got a lot of reckoning. Uh, we got a lot of reckoning to do with the climate and culture and this belief that it all just go away if we don't talk about it, think about it, make any efforts to change things. I don't know. That's my, 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 my thing. I just, listen, uh, I'm interested to see how the winter goes. That's always interesting. If we have a very cold winter, a very mild winter, what, what's the winter going to be? So, uh, I've been keeping up with the, uh, the Emmett Till stuff, you know, uh, the Atlanta black star, if you don't know the Atlanta black star, go to their website. They always have good, good, um, good content up around matters of black folks. So, um, they've got a whole piece up there about, uh, Emmett Till's family is steadfast in the fight for justice after the, uh, the Mississippi AG announces she won't pursue charges against um, the accuser. And if you don't know the Emmett Till story, uh, Carolyn Bryant um, Donham accused Emmett Till of flirting with her in 1955 before he was beaten, tortured, and shot uh, by her husband and brother-in-law. And they feel like there was an arrest warrant that was out for her. It was never served. And they find it. They find the arrest warrant. It was never served. And so the family, Emmett Till's family feels like she should be arrested for this. Like this should not, this is like justice denied kind of stuff. Like she shouldn't just be sitting. And she wrote a whole memoir talking about how bad she felt about, you know, her role in this. I'm like, girl, role, you were the catalyst. What are you talking about? You know, um, so the Mississippi Attorney General uh, said that they would not, uh, uh, they're not going to pursue this, even though the warrant is active. I'm like, they don't know where she is? Oh, because she's an old white lady, because she's old now. You know, here's the thing. Take a page from the folks who hunt down Nazis. They don't give a damn if you, if you are a thousand years old. If they know where you are, they're going to come for you. That's it. There's no, no time frame on this. There's no, oh, well, they're old now. Let them live out their years in peace. Nope. That's not how that works. You did this thing. We coming for you. You know, 
you're gonna you just you just you just you just this warrant is active and uh and once it's once it's active it ought to be served i don't understand it please listen she deserves to be served now whatever happens after that that's whatever but she needs to be served that warrant and she needs to be brought in front of courts and whatever and she needs to lawyer up and whatever whatever <sighs> but you know I, I guess it is what it is they're not gonna they're not gonna do any more about this you know you know and she has the nerves that she always felt like a victim girl how <laughs> how you know she has a she, well she has a, her memoir hasn't been it's an unpublished memoir you know but she 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 escaped persecution i she should have been she should have been called called to task for this you know i mean i just feel like if they could find nazis and they just found one that was like 104 years old or some old mess they just found one. And uh, I, I just don't know. I just, I just feel like they, they owe that warrant to be served. And then however way it falls out, it falls out. But, you know, because I, I know, I know if the shoe was on the other foot, I know if the shoe was, if it was, if the script was different, if it was a white woman that was killed by some black man this way, God knows his whole family would be dragged. They would, well, they would have already been hanged. They would have just hung every black person they could have got their hands on. <sighs> you know, I don't know. I just, I just it's just it's just amazing to me that we are still sort of struggling you know uh around this kind of stuff anyway such is life we move on uh we move on we move on so let me see what else is going on in the world and uh I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to the woman king with Viola Davis. I see that poster and that poster is tough and she's in the best shape. So she looks like, I, I'm going to go see that one. I'm going to go see it. I'll see if it's uh, I don't, I don't know who the director is for the woman king. I don't know who's filmed. Whose film is this? Uh, I want to know whose film this is. Oh, uh, Gina Prince Bythewood um, is the director. And uh, Davis, Viola Davis plays uh, Nanska, Naniska, Naniska, Naniska. Um, and she is the female she, of the real life, of the real all female military unit known as the uh, Ogoje, Ogojai, and uh, in the West African kingdom of the Dahomey in the 1800s. So a lot of this is based on true story, right? You know, of course, of course, it's embellished in a lot of places because 
films. <laughs> the story is inspired by true events. And, uh, and it follows the emotionally epic journey of General uh, Naniska as she trains the next generation of recruits and readies them for battle against an enemy determined to destroy their way of life. So, so this might be the film we need, Black people. I'm telling you. Because, you know, we don't see enough slavery films. We don't see enough slavery films. We don't see enough slavery films. Um, so this is a fight back film. So, uh, and not to say, oh, I, I don't mean to say that they did not fight back. They did. But this film does not start as uh, a, a film about, this film is not about, you know, um, the journey of enslavement. This is a story about this woman and her her reign as leader to prepare the next uh, the next generation of fighters. So I'm I'm listen. Viola Davis could do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, she can uh, she can do no wrong. And uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, I'm here for it. So. And uh, and uh, so y'all know the first lady. The first lady was here yesterday in New Haven, hanging around, doing her thing, eating ice cream, stopping at schools, you know, doing all the cool stuff that you do in New Haven. Uh, flew into Tweed, pop by. Where did she go? Her and Miguel Cardona. They uh they went to Horizons program at Albertus Magnus. Um, they uh they were uh. They were on Winchester Ave for a minute. <laughs> and uh, uh, people people waited in the streets to see them, which was pretty cool. People came from Bridgeport to see her in New Haven. You know, I, that that's heartening. That's very heartening. Uh, folks from Gateway College, um, you know, folks were, were, were at Albertus lined up to see it. So that must have been an amazing sight uh, to see the first lady come to uh, Albertus Magnus. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I know she was downtown at Arethusa and had some ice cream, and I don't know. I don't know if they gave her some pizza. I don't know because you know this is this uh, this town is this town has long-standing pizza wars. Um, long-standing pizza wars. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, Michael Twitty an hour ago. He was at the uh, at the Playhouse. Oh, some Playhouse. Okay, have fun. They're all there on a trip. You know, he loves taking young people to theater. I admire that because young people ought to see theater in different places. They ought to see theater here too. We have great theater here, but I understand. Take kids out of out of the town so they can, you know, uh, they can uh, experience all kinds of things, and that's a good way to do it. A little trip to New York is a good thing. Get on the train, walk around, get over to Broadway, all the things. Do it, do it, um, because sometimes these kids never um, have that experience. They never have that experience. So um, I will tell you, uh, I, the, I'm reading 400 Souls and I read this piece by um, 
I got up to the chapter with uh, Bernice McFadden, who is a prolific writer in her own right. And um, and she, in her Zora Neale Hurston piece, that was her chapter, Zora Neale Hurston. And the way that Zora Neale Hurston captured language, particularly Black dialect and how we talk, speak. I was so moved by this particular passage. Black language now known as African-American vernacular English, A-A-V-E, was born in the American South during slavery. Um, slavery by bonded people separated from their familiar tribes, mixed with uh, uh, Indians who spoke different languages in an effort, to, uh, mixed with Afri African Africans who spoke different languages in an effort to communicate with their fellow men and women and their captives. They stretched together scraps of several languages, including that of their enslavers and created the melodic and nuanced dialect that Hurston used in her work, a dialect that is that still survives today. I love that. Like I just talk about talk about making a way out of nowhere. And I, you know, I used to be one of these people that was like, God, why can't everybody just speak? I, I really was an asshole about this, right? Because I just thought, oh, if you just, you know, whatever, learn, blah, blah, blah. And then I got older and wiser and I realized, you know what? All language is good language. That people speak the language that they are comfortable with, that conveys their sentiments. And who are we to say to anybody, oh, you're not speaking proper English. What the hell is proper English? All, all language is made up language, all of it. Somebody had to make it up. And everybody takes the phrases and the stances that they need from the language and creates their own language. Every community does it. Every family, every community, every neighborhood, every country, everybody takes what they need from the language that is given to them and then uses it in a way that makes sense for what they are talking about and to whom they are speaking with. So I don't want to hear anybody talking about how people speak anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anybody talk about, oh, I need them to speak English. What the hell does that even mean? Don't even say that. Because, you know, when you talk like that, that's white supremacy talk. That is white supremacy talk. When you say to people, I can't understand that. I can't understand. I can't. I don't know what they're saying. Yes, you understand what they're saying. You know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ego driven that you think that because you are speaking this way, that maybe they don't understand you either. You ever think about that? You think that because you're speaking this so-called English, that you are, that somehow or other you, you have much more clarity and understanding and you're being understood better than they are, who speaks a second language, by the way, sometimes a third language, by the way, trying to understand you. So I don't want to hear no more of these people saying this mess. I'm not doing it. Nobody else should be doing it. Stop it. Stop it. That is white supremacy. That is manifesting white supremacy in spaces that don't require it, need it, or should ever have it. The fact that people came here, got mixed in, was told 
taught a language that was not their own, had their own language stripped away from them, pulled away from them, mixed in with other people who came from the same continent, but different countries on that continent with different languages and beliefs and had it all stripped away. And the best that they could do was try to hold on to some of the language, some of the words so that it could carry on, they could pass it forward. And they didn't even know they was trying to pass it forward. That's the thing. Let's let's hold on to some of our culture and pass through. Come on now. I feel so strongly about this. And when I read that Bernice uh, McFadden piece in the book, 400 Souls, I, I got it. A light bulb went off and I understood it. You know, I had to have a conversation with a writer friend the other day uh, because they are writing a book uh, around a particular type of slave narrative that is quite unsettling. I'm not going to give it away, but it's quite unsettling. And the conversation that we had was around, you know, he's like, I'm not Zora Neale Hurston. I can't capture that. I can't capture that language. I, I'm going to just put it in, in English, in in good English or some old mess. I was like, I was like, that's insulting and disrespectful. And it is. And I, and I don't, I know that that person didn't mean it that way. I know that because this person is a damn good writer, amazing, incredible writer, but white supremacy is, is so much a part of our culture and our thinking that we are led to believe that if we are not, if they don't sound like, what we imagine we should be sounding like, or if they're not using the language that white folks use in the way that white folks use language, that somehow or other, it's not good English. And we have to stop that. That's another, that is another barrier for people. And that's one that we, we, we readily erect. That's a barrier that we put up. You know, it's because the way that somebody speaks. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I know how well I speak. I know how well I speak. I know the sound of my voice is, 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 can be pleasing and sophisticated and all of that. I get it. When I was a little kid, my grandmother used to sit us in the living room when her company, her white friends came. And and she she would let us talk. Now you know in black folks' homes, you never talk to adults. But my grandparents were so proud the way that my sister and I spoke that uh, I used to sit on the my grandmother used to make me sit on the couch and talk with white folks. And white folks would talk to me like I was, and it was it was like a zoo experience. Uh huh. And my grandmother was so proud, so very proud. She was very proud. She was very proud of my command of language. And I wanted to make her proud. So, and, and the white, white women that came over was just so stunned that this little black child could speak so well, that she could, that I could speak so well to be black and black as I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a light-skinned black. I'm blackity, black, 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 right? Dark. So my grandmother was very proud of the fact that, you know, and so these white folks just thought we were just well-educated. Look at these little black children. They're so, look, they just speak so well. So nice manners and everything. <laughs> and so I, in turn, believed that, you know, 
that that language was critical to success. How you sound and how you moved about the world was based on what you talked about, what how you talked, how you spoke. I'm here to tell you I was mistaken. But you know, I was a child and I was young. And I and I and I felt this way for a very long time. Like I just thought, you know what? Because you can't speak, you are uneducated and you know nothing. Ain't nobody taught you nothing. Right? Hmm. And that's when I realized I was wrong. I was wrong. So I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't get upset when I have to talk to somebody in India about my tech. I just take my time and listen to them as best I can. I'm not, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be that person where I'm insulted that somebody who speaks two languages, two, sometimes three languages, is trying to come help me, help me. They're not trying to shut me down. They're trying to help me. And they're doing that through the best way they know how, through the English that they have learned. And the least that I can do as a human being is respect the hustle. So I don't want to hear anybody talk about I can't understand. I can't understand. That's a level of ignorance, ignorance and white supremacy speak. That's white supremacy right there because you are buying into white supremacy. So, because the next thing out of somebody's mouth, why can't they learn English? Why can't you learn whatever they speak? Why can't you learn that? Why do they have to learn English? Why don't you go learn? Why don't you get an interpreter and learn what they're saying? How about that? You see what I'm saying? It's that, it's that, it's that, it's that privilege right there that just, that is ingrained. It, it is ingrained in us. It's in white supremacy is so ingrained. So I don't want to hear anybody else tell me they don't understand people. Because I'm just going to say white supremacy. I was like, you sound like a white supremacist. Because that's how they roll. That's what they say. Because they only speak one language, right? I don't know no white supremacist speaks a bunch of languages. All the white supremacists that I know, and there are a bunch, they speak one damn language. Why? Because they think that they are superior and they don't have the desire, the need, or the will to speak another language. Whereas the rest of the world, people speak two or three languages. People speak Spanish, they speak Italian, they speak French, they speak Mandarin, they speak German, they speak all the things. Here we are talking about, uh, I, I don't understand. Well, if you shut up, take your time and listen, you could possibly understand. And the fact that you don't understand is not about, it's not on the fault of the people speaking to you. That's on you. That's something about you. So we have to stop with that. However way, I, I'll meet people wherever they are in, in their language journey. But however way they speak, however way they talk, I'm going to talk right back with them. Doesn't bother me. Not anymore. I've, I've, I, that is, that is, a, that is another layer of white supremacy I am stepping out of. And there's a bunch of layers to this thing, boys and girls. There's layers to this, saints. And that's a layer I am stepping out of from here on. So I'm going to tell you, as I know my name, I am no longer going to be belittling people using white supremacist language about how they converse with me and how they communicate with me. I'm not going to do it. So if I hear somebody speaking another language or they're trying to speak to me in my language, 
because this is not their native language. I'm going to respect and honor that because I know how hard it is to learn a language because I'm, I'm in class. I'm in two classes now learning Italian and French. And I'm a baby. When I tell you it's hard, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So until you're willing to learn their language, learn, then shut up (laughs) and be respectful, respect them. (laughs) So that's, listen, I got all year to tell you, I'm stepping out of these white supremacy spaces and language is one of them. I'm stepping out of white supremacist language. I'm stepping out. I am honoring Zora Neale Hurston and Alice Walker and Toni Morrison and all those who believe that language, language is sacred, holy, and the thing then which we communicate through. That's it. So I'm out of here, people. Have a good weekend. Be cool. Stay in these streets. I'll see y'all. I'm back on Monday. I may or may not have a guest. We'll see. (laughs) Bye, Harry. Play us out.